Welcome to Talking Home Renovations with House Maven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect practicing in Massachusetts. My specialty is additions and renovations to older homes, incorporating new technologies and sustainable practices. Since 2019, we have covered so much about home renovations, from foundations to roofing, how to hire design professionals and contractors, DIY challenges, sustainability, women in renovations, and so many home renovation stories from all of you. This episode is another renovation story. I'm joined by Camp Harper, who I met through his Instagram account, The Colonial on Park. He and his partner own a brick house in Indiana on three city lots that they've been making their own, much of it through decorative painting techniques that I would really like to try. We talked about his methods and inspirations and his dreams for the future. And here is my conversation with Kemp. Well, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, too. (laughs) I guess if you've been through it, it's kind of fun to hear other people's journeys as well. That's the way I look at it anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're in Indiana. Yes. Small town, Indiana, Brazil, Indiana. Wow. Never been there. And what's that? I've never been to Brazil, Indiana. Oh, you know, it's not really a destination. <laughs> it's more just to drive through. Um, <laughs> I grew up about 30 minutes from the town that I'm in now. So it, it's close to family. And um, we moved to, moved to this town for uh, the house that we're in in particular. Okay. So, so you moved to that town specifically for the house? Yeah, I never had any interest in moving to the town that we're currently in. We just stumbled upon the property that we're in now. and decided to make the move. So, so what, what grabbed you about it? Well, I knew that I, for both my partner and I, we wanted to live in an antique home with a little bit of property in our area, though, it's either going to be, you know, have a lot of farmland with it, a lot of expensive acreage, or you can get something that's more in town with not a lot of land. So we, uh, his mom's a realtor. And she showed us this property the day that it went on the market. And we didn't have a showing uh, the first night. We were there late after work. And the back gate was open. And I saw the patio. And it sits on three city lots. Mm. And I didn't even need to see the inside at that point. (laughs) I, I saw the back patio and the space and the mature growth around it. And I was like, this is where I think I want to be. So. We actually snagged it the second day it went on the market. So great, great. So the um, you know, one thing about when you say the mature growth, that makes such a big difference. If you drive through a new development and there's there aren't any big trees anywhere, it it is a totally different feeling than going through an old neighborhood with the with the big trees or having having these beautiful trees on your property. Right. It just feels so much more established. I, I've never really been attracted to the you know, the more, the newer, more modern developments. It just, it just doesn't have the same appeal or character. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. So the house itself, what's that? What's, did you like it when you finally got inside? I assume you got inside before you actually went to buy. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, We had a showing with his mom uh, the next day and it was a no brainer. I mean, uh, I, I thought that I knew that there was something special there with this house. When we went and saw the house for the first time you walk into you know the two-story foyer with the staircase you face the staircase as you go in it's a wide hallway off to the right is a large formal dining and then off to the left is a large formal living room um so the 
the you know, the front portion of the house was meant to be more formal uh, for entertaining. Mm. Off of the formal living room, there are a set of two French doors flanking the fireplace that go out to a sun porch. Um, and then if you go straight down the front hallway, it leads you to a smaller hallway. And off of that is a small kitchen and breakfast room. And then to the other side of that is a library room paneled in knotty pine with a little half bath connected to that. Mm. And then upstairs, of course, is three bedrooms, um, two full baths upstairs. And uh, it has pretty modern amenities. There's a a really large linen closet. There's um, a large cedar closet upstairs. Uh, There's a walk-in master closet. There's his and hers. One's a walk-in and then one's the same size, but it has a set of double doors that open up to that. Mm. So it was like having an antique home with the modern amenities we wanted. We wanted a primary bath. That was important. We wanted lots of storage was important. Um, And then character and the house um, was seemingly untouched. I mean, it was taken care of, but there was no uh, manipulation of the floor plan or sort of destruction of the home's integrity. So that was important to us too. I mean, that's just great to find something like that, that someone I mean, they obviously did improvements over the years, but they were really careful about it. So, right. Yeah. Well, I can imagine I can imagine you did buy it the second day, the second day you saw it. What, yeah. what year is it? It's we yeah. had the county records that always said 1930. Um, yeah. But I made a trip to the um, genealogy office in town just this past week. And it is actually 1940. Hmm. Um, so it's 10 years newer than we thought it was. We're only the third owners, though. It definitely helped the the home <laughs> yeah. to not have a bunch of people in and out of it. The house was built from high-tech brick that was locally sourced in our town, Brazil. The design is pure colonial, and in an effort to carry out the colonial, the Mowers, who were the builders, obtained the Williamsburg handcraft brick. It was a hard brick that has the appearance of original soft red ones brought over from England and Holland as Mm. ship ballast in the early days of the colonies. Wow. So I I just found out that information when I went to the genealogy office, and I thought that was so, so interesting, Um, sort of the the detail and attention to detail they put into it. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's amazing. So they obviously were trying to to make a brick house that looked like an older house. Yes. Right. Yeah. They definitely wanted it to um, look to period. So. So it wasn't um, dilapidated. Uh, It was very structurally sound. There were a lot of things, though, that there were some, some, you know, 80s updates and just some things that just weren't really to our liking. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of carpet. And under the carpet was, you know, of course, the beautiful hardwood. Yeah. Uh, And the whole house is hardwood subfloor, Mm. which is probably true for a lot of homes of that time. Uh, but the the back portion of the house used to be floored in green linoleum, mm-hmm. which was, you know, that was really rich for back then to have linoleum flooring. Um, but now it's sort of very awful. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. uh, the linoleum, we took out the linoleum and we scraped, I for a good two months, hand scraped all of that old adhesive and got it down to the hardwood planks in the back of the house. Um, and then I painted a sort of an antique 
checkerboard patterned floor through the library, the back hall, the kitchen and breakfast room. Well, how did you do that? I'd like to know how. What's the best way to paint the floor, would you say? Uh, it was, well, a lot of prep, I would say, helped. I, I used a belt sander and, you know, stripped it down to the wood and it took forever. Um, a good primer. Uh, porch and floor paint I used on it to um, help, you know, give it some longevity. And then I went back through with after it was painted and I had done like a an off white and a black. And then I went through with the the belt sander again and kind of tore it up and to sort of distress it. I wanted the floor to have the appearance that it had been that way mm. or had been there sort of frozen in time. I didn't want it to look new or fresh. Mm. And that's been a, sort of a technique that I've used throughout the whole home. I mean, everything is pretty aged or patinaed on the inside and the outside. Mm. Um, I just, I didn't want it to look, I don't know. I wanted to stay true to the home's integrity oh, and I get it. not have it look too modernized. So, right. and a lot of people ask when they come in, if that floor was there. Mm, um, good. So you did a good job. In. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we achieved that look. Well, so. so you painted it with a porch and deck paint. Then you went through again with a belt sander and then just in certain areas, I assume. Yeah, just in certain areas, and then uh, went over it with an antique glaze. Wow. Uh, and that got into all of the cracks and crevices and grooves and brought those details out of the wood. And then I sealed it with a polyurethane. Wow. And uh, it I did that in 2018. We've lived there since 2016. Did the floor in 2018. And it's it's uh, stood up <laughs> those that amount of years. So Wow. Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty going to be pretty durable. Yeah, I think so. That's amazing. It's got about eight eight coats of poly on it, so I hope so. <laughs> that must have taken forever. It did. It was about two months, and we didn't have a kitchen for that time. I mean, it was a wreck. It was a wreck, <laughs> but worth it. Yeah. So, did you do the kitchen over too? We actually kept the original cabinetry. We made some alterations though, because the kitchen is the one downfall in my opinion um it, it seems to be the social media favorite a lot of people through my instagram love the kitchen it's the the, the part of the property that gets the most attention and likes mm -hmm. uh but we put in some open shelving a canning shelf we can uh so we have uh, lots of jars of preservatives and things there just tried to update it to our needs uh but the original cabinetry was in you know just great condition and i i just didn't feel the need to rip that out. Yeah. We took off, you know, there was some, uh, oh, some, the hardware and stuff. It had been altered in the 2000s. So, and it had an awful like 2000s tile backsplash that we took out. Mm -hmm. And so um, I added a beadboard backsplash and put um, some wood corbels under the upper cabinetry. And then we put in a like a quartz marbled counter with like a pretty beveled edge, but it looks sort of like an older antique marble mm -hmm. rather than like a real streaky modern marble counter. And yeah, it, it was just really making it suit our needs while keeping it the the footprint, basically the existing footprint. Yeah, and. It sounds like it would be really appropriate for the house as well. I mean, especially because it's the original mm. cabinetry, you know, so it has that, still has that feeling. Right. The original vibe. Right. My grandma came in and I guess it's, it's Grable 
cabinetry. It had the old um, sort of placard on it. Yeah. And she was like, don't ever rip that cabinetry out. <laughs> she said, apparently it's really nice. So good. I'm glad we kept it. I'm glad we kept it. Yeah. Well, it's been there, what, like 80 something years now, right? So. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a good cabinet. A lot of cabinets you get today definitely are not going to last that long. Right. And it even has um, the cabinets have the, the pullout drawers mm. on the glides. Mm. So it has sort of those modern touches to it, too, that you would see in today's cabinets. So hmm. cool. So uh, what else did you redo the bathrooms or? So the bathrooms we kept, we had to put in a new mosaic floor in what I what is the blue we call the blue bathroom, which is our upstairs full bath. Um, they put in like an awful 80s, uh, big 10 by 10 tile floor in there. I don't think that the original floor was worth saving. So they just went over the top of it. So we took that out and put in a new white mosaic in that bathroom. Um, we've had to replace two of the toilets. They just couldn't keep up. I mean, the toilets, the, the, the poles would fall off all the time and we couldn't get them to flush. And it was so those had to go, unfortunately. Right. Um, but what, what's kind of cool about the bathrooms is that they are done in American standard fixtures and they're sort of those traditional 1930s to 1940s colors. Mm. Like the half bath downstairs has a rose sink, a rose pedestal sink with the jade tile floor. Ooh. Um, what we call the blue bathroom is done in the a clear de lune blue um, upstairs. And then the primary bath has a rose pedestal sink and a rose tub. Mm. And I did have to replace the wall tile in there. It would fall off mid shower and <laughs> slice your feet open. Nice. <laughs> and so that had to go. Um, but we were, it, it, they're really in outstanding condition for what they are. So the, I, and I didn't have the heart to rip out all that original tile and it, it's in such good shape that we've just kind of helped to preserve it. Mm. So you just replaced it in little patches or something? Well, um, the wall tile, so the wall tile in the primary bath, we had to, I just beadboarded that halfway up the wall where that was. Um, and then in the blue bathroom, it was just the floor that needed done. So we re- we just redid the whole thing. I tried to, when I ripped up that nasty 80s tile, there was the original blue tile under it. Mm. And I tried to save with a little uh, scraper, was going through so gently. And I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't save it. It was chipping off the glaze in different parts. And it was just, it was going to be the bad kind of distress. It wasn't <laughs> going to be attractive when I got done. So it had to be covered over. Yeah. Well, so you've done all this yourself, it sounds like. Yep. Yep. Do you have uh, a background in this sort of thing or did you just learn as you went or, or are you an artist? It sounds like obviously you're an artist, but I mean, are you professionally an artist? Well, I have a degree in interior architecture design. Okay. Um, and so I have a background in that. So, um, but I, really I'm, uh, I don't know if I would say that I'm an expert, but I am dabble in decorative painting, mm. um, which is sort of, yeah, I've used a lot of those sort of techniques throughout the house. Like in the the foyer, for instance, I've done a, a faux wood technique on the walls, which is called faux bois paint. Mm. And I've done that throughout the upstairs hall and the downstairs foyer. Um, our breakfast nook, I hand painted a landscape mural. Oh, in I there. love those. 
Yeah. So that was fun. That was a fun project. And then as I told you, the, you know, the kitchen floors, I hand painted those. So it's got artistic touches in it that we've added. um, But I don't think that it's anything that wouldn't be in keeping with the house itself. So I tried to stay true to that. This is kind of a strange question, but what landscape did you choose to paint? Was it what would have been outside or like a tropical Um, landscape or... It's actually, it's more of um, sort of like a, like a, oh, country landscape, sort of like um, probably something that you would have seen in Cape Cod or something of that respect. Uh, It's just, it's very, it's, but it's kind of more abstract. It's not so literal where Mm -hmm. there's tree trunks and individual leaves of foliage. It's more just big brushes of foliage with layers and then I also went back over that once it was painted with that same antique glaze that I put on the kitchen floors Mm. to sort of antique and mute the color palette so that it looked aged and not so fresh. Wow. Do you have lessons you'd like to share with people of what you've learned or tips? Well I would just uh, say to not be afraid to mess up. I mean, that uh, that landscape mural in particular, I had to try that. I had to paint over it three different times. I had three failed attempts, but I'm never afraid to start something because I know that I'm capable of fixing it if it doesn't work. Mm. Um, so I think that if people know that they have um, certain skills or they're handy in certain ways, don't don't be afraid to have a plan B or to rethink what you're trying to renovate. Yeah. that's Because a, um, a lot of the times, you know, you start a project and it evolves the whole time that you're working on it. I mean, lots of projects that I've started end up being better than what I had originally planned because you sort of evolve as you're going and you tweak, make tweaks here and there. So I guess I just would say to not be afraid to just dive into those projects that you're putting off. Mm. Yeah, it's true that things do evolve and things you thought about for years when you finally start working on it, it suddenly transforms on its own, kind of like what it needs to be. I feel like I always, oh yeah, I always feel like there's this other force coming from whatever it is, the house itself saying, how about this? Like, oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I think so too. And it it always works out the way that it's supposed to, even if it's not your original plan. And of course, there's going to be downfalls and problems lots of problems you're going to run into along the way yeah it's just just part of it but um and that's that's how it is you know and you know dealing with antique homes Mm -hmm. there's always surprises here and there yes good and bad surprises yeah yeah so tell me about your garden it looks like you had you said you had three city lots and was that garden established when you went in and unfortunately, Mrs. Maurer, who built my house, was an avid gardener. Unfortunately, because um, that means you have a giant garden. Or just no, I, um, <laughs> well, sorry. Unfortunately, it was ripped out. Oh, oh, OK. <laughs> um, the, the owner in between us, um, I don't I don't think that she was a gardener. So a lot of that stuff, I'm sure it was maintenance wise, was uh, ripped out. Mm. The house is sort of um, taken over by English Ivy, which I love. And we have a garden service room off of our garage Ooh. that Mrs. Maurer would uh, do her pottings and her seedlings and yeah, you need that. all of that in there. Very cool. And in the 1960s, I believe, she put in a large aggregate patio with attached fish pond. Oh, that's nice. Um, 
that sits in the back. And that's what sold me on the house was the patio. I was like, it was incredible. And it sort of um, steps down with these beautiful rocks. It steps down onto the third lot in the back, which is a a grassy area with a rose garden and a hydrangea garden. Mm. Um, And our chicken coop sits in that part. And um, in that she had purchased that third lot years after they had built. Uh, there used to be a home that sat in that third lot oh. and that was demolished. And she used the brick foundation from that home to lay our brick driveway. Wow. Wow. So I love that story. Yeah. So, and that's where the Rose Garden is now. Yes. Did she design yep. it so that the gardens are within the footprint of the house and then, or is it just, it, how's that laid out? Yeah. It was very, very um, intentional. Uh I, she, it was, so the patio and everything was set on the, it sits on the north back side of the house. And she did that intentionally because she had always said that the fish pond, she wanted the water to be mossy and froggy. Mm. She kept koi fish and had lots of frogs in that pond. Mm. And so she didn't want it crystal clear. She wanted everything out there to be sort of patinaed and moss, you know, mossy. And Mm. um, so we, we keep it that way too. She really thought about all those details for her house, for her home. Yeah, she did. She did. She had a great attention to detail. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people with gardens? I, I, I think people do get intimidated by them and then they want to rip them out. Right. But right. I think it's worth it. What do you what's your take on on gardens like that? I'm not an expert gardener by any means. Um, I want to learn a lot more about gardening because we have a, a beehive now. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'd like to plant a lot more, um, you know, flowering, flowering plants and flowers and bulbs and like things that would be accessible the to them. Yeah, right. I would say if you have space, if you have a big enough space with adequate lighting, um, good drainage for the soil, um, good soil. Luckily, we have a lot of good soil around our house. I would totally plan a garden space Mm. whether it be a flower garden a vegetable garden an herb garden um we really enjoy doing that i'm I'm actually planning sort of a peony garden Mm. on the uh, west side where it's full sun uh that's a next year project yeah but just things like that if you have open space that is just grass i think you know lower the maintenance um it's better for the environment yeah and I, if you have the space to accommodate one, I would go for it. I, lots of pruning, though. That's the only downfall. I have spent the last two weeks pruning and pruning and pruning. So, how is this your forever home? We're looking to pursue something um, in New England area, mm-hmm. uh, but I would like to keep the Indiana home. Yeah, if we could. the The plan is to keep the Indiana home because our family's here and have it be something to come back to. Mm. I know that my heart kind of sits with this home. I'm really attached to it, um, as is my partner. And when we had considered moving, he he had just said, I, I would like to keep the Indiana home if we can. Yeah. So Would it be a summer house you, out here or, or what? Why it New could England? be. It, um, well, I'm just been, I've just really been attracted to New England. I'm a big Martha Stewart fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love um, her Turkey Hill home. We just took a tour of that uh, like a month ago with her. And, with um, her, yeah, we. How'd you? Martha was there. How'd you get that? Is that a, is that like a um, public thing, or do you have special connections? 
they well they only posted 40 tickets and all of the proceeds went to charity wow wow amazing and so martha was there and um she gave us a garden tour and uh signed our oh that is amazing camp i can't even yeah wow that's amazing so yeah obviously martha stewart's house would be a, a wonderland to to live in Oh yeah. And and a lot of the stuff that she did on that property, I've watched a lot of those old segments and it's been a lot of the inspiration for a lot of the things that we've wanted to do mm. with our home. Mm. So I have to revisit some old Martha stuff. Oh Get yeah. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. 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 And in your, in your fantasy, would you also be in Connecticut or, um, uh, we would really just like to get a dilapidated salt box with some property out there. Um, just something that we could work on as we go. Yeah. Uh, just like a fun project where, you know, I, it gives me a little bit of creative freedom. The The one downfall to where we're at now, we, we sit on those three city lots, but I feel like we're kind of outgrowing it. There's so many things that we want to do mm. that we're just running out of space for. Right. Because you have your bees and your chickens and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just just a, a property where we could grow and evolve. Mm. Well, Rhode Island, maybe check out the coastal Rhode Island area. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Too. My partner has friends in Rhode Island. So we're going to take a trip there, I hope. All so. right. Well, if you get over in this area, come by and um, see me. We can go antiquing or something. I'd love There's to. There's so many I'd great antique to. stores here. Thanks for coming on today. And uh, your house is beautiful. And I'm inspired by your artistic energy. I mean, thank you so much. That's what it's all about, right? Just exercising our our creativity on these places. So, yeah, exercising and maintaining. You know, it takes a special type of homeowner to acquire an antique property, and um, a lot of people don't want to do it. Yeah. And so, I, I encourage anyone that you know, if you're interested in that, to do it and to be a caretaker for that. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wouldn't be able to do this without you, a listener. I invite you to join me on Instagram at Talking Home Renovations, where we are building up a friendly community. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes, including the weekly newsletter that includes photos from the episodes. It's kind of worth signing up for that. Talking Home Renovations with Alice Maven is proud to be a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. If you're into architecture, check out what the network has to offer at gablemedia.com. That is G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Until next time, take it easy.